Welcome back to Return to Oz Minute. Today we're talking about Minute 16 of the 1985 film Return to Oz. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Mike Carlucci. Thanks for coming, Mike. This is a very scary minute for me, so I'm glad that I don't have to watch it alone in the dark and be terrified. Uh, yeah. Minute 16 starts with Dorothy sitting alone in her room as the rainstorm continues. She snaps on a light, so at least she's not sitting alone in the dark. And it ends 60 terrifying zooms and noises later with Dorothy getting up to go on a ride. My tummy hurts. Um, before we get to what an absolutely terrifying 60 seconds this is, I did want to look up because Dorothy looks so apprehensive when she goes to flip on that light switch and so shocked when she does it. So I had to look up that the electricity in houses was mostly the 1870s, 1880s for the very rich in major cities. So it makes sense that it's not something Dorothy would have experienced personally before. Yeah, this is probably the first switch she's ever flipped. Yeah. It's very dramatic. It's one of the cool round ones. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good switch. Yeah, I can't even imagine what that would be like. If you've never, you've never turned on a light before. Nope. Um... She does a good job. I want to give her some positive reinforcement because she is very nervous when she does it. <laughs> yeah. And I do love that the doctor has put it in every single room. That really, that has always bugged me. Really? Uh, but the whole place is lit up with electric lights. He's doing experimental work. This must have cost an absolute fortune. Which means, what did he do first? Was he a really good doctor? Was he actually good at something? And then he, he, you know, he cashed out to uh, to set up this this shop. Like, you know, was he an electrician? Was was he an, you know an engineer of some sort? And then decided to go into medicine on a lark. Like how did he how did he pay for this? He has a huge staff, uh, excellent meals. He's probably paying a you know celebrity chef flown in from the or carriaged in from the big cities. Carriaged in. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, we never get Doctor Morley's backstory. He wears a huge ruby on his on his finger. It's, it's in a frame. Yeah. It's not just on his finger. Yeah, but it still. But, this guy is loaded, or has money from somewhere. Maybe he scammed some investors, but... Or do we think this is a Lex Luthor wealthy widow situation where this isn't his house? He seduced the owner right before she, and had to rewrite her will so that he could inherit everything. Oh my god. Are we seriously talking about Superman Returns? We're talking about swindlers, Mike. 
That was just so that weird. That has to have happened. Dirty walking out of that other movie. Than just that movie, right? I hope. Which okay, not to Superman Returns minute this for a moment, but how annoying is it? Because if you told me that Kevin Spacey was going to play Lex Luthor and his evil sidekick was Parker Posey, that should have been amazing. That should have been the best movie ever. Oh. <laughs> I was I was there at midnight. Oh. I was super excited. And it opened with the same theme and the credits were 80s style. I was like, yes. And then it kept going on. And it's like, his, his plan is to build more land out it of was, Krypton crystals? It was not. It didn't even look like nice land. It just looked like big rock. It was not good. Not good. And I get super annoyed at movies that have a lot of good elements so you see that it could have been good, but it isn't. <laughs> um, this movie is not one of those cases. I think this movie does a lot with a little. Uh, I think there's a reason it's a cult classic all these years later, even though it didn't get much love at the beginning. It was just misunderstood. <laughs> Very misunderstood. Yeah. Um, Although I, though I, I think this scene uh, really has the potential to kick off uh, a better marketing push. If you were doing this now, so there's <gasps> there's people, yeah. a lot of people redo redo trailers. Uh, there was the Walk of Life project that <laughs> puts the Walk of Life at the end of at the end of movies, mm-hmm. uh, and then there were a few after the Star Trek Beyond trailer came out. A few other uh, trailers like Rogue One got remixed using sabotage. I think it's absolutely perfect setup. You have the intro, and then when the nurse opens the door and says, do you want to go for a ride, Dorothy? That's when it kicks in. And then, you know, we see all kinds of other cutscenes and stuff from the movie to show the exciting adventure storyline that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. But, well, and that would... but you could do an amazing sabotage trailer for this <laughs> and make it look like the greatest 80s action-adventure children's oh. fantasy tornado movie of all time and it would be it would be epic that would be awesome i love those no i think oh no i was going even more minimalistic than that i say what you do for the trailer is you say like coming this summer dorothy gale returns to oz and you just show oh i'd have to look at the time signatures but in this minute like she she's sitting on the bed she's doing that little kicking thing but you start to hear the squeaking of the gurney coming closer and closer and it's pushing in on her and then it's pushing in on the door and then it's pushing in on her and then it's pushing in on the door. And then the door opens and the nurse says, would you like to go for a ride, Dorothy? The trailer would just be that and then it would go to black and say, you know, the release date. I would, I would like that. That would be so crazy. That'd probably just be the teaser trailer. You'd probably have to do something more than that. But could you imagine if that's all you knew going into this movie? Oh. <laughs> that that would be yeah. Oh. That would have been perfect. They they could just tweet out you know a thirty second video. Yeah. And it it would give you such a better sense of what this movie's going to be than the actual trailer did. 
Uh, We're probably only one step away from that kind of thing. Because right now, everything, everyone's big on doing sequels to things that you know were made decades ago, like Tron, uh, or just redoing movies. You know, we're, we saw uh, you know Ghostbusters just getting a remake. Yeah. They're re- they're doing another Ocean's movie, but you know, new cast. Uh, Indiana Jones might might get a reboot of some yeah, sort. Yeah, I. Because five is definitely happening. Yeah, although I think it's it's still going to be Harrison yeah, Ford. Yeah, that's what I heard. Maybe the I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a flashback, and Harrison Ford will be there in the just beginning. Just end it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be he'll be Bilbo. He'll just Bilbo it about you know, and that's how I became Indiana Jones, or that was one of my many adventures, yeah, children. Yeah. Well, one of many adventures. I'm a fan of Last Crusade, so I already know how he becomes Indiana Jones. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yeah, I think there's definitely ways you could use even just this minute to just build the anticipation so perfectly. And in my mind, I thought the minute, like, cut with her would you like to go for a ride Dorothy line but it doesn't we get a little back and forth and then Feruza Balk stands up and heads for her so it wasn't quite as dramatic as I thought it was but it's still the camera work is so good and again it's just that perfect like doing a lot with a little that this does so well yeah there are no props really there's it's an empty room with a little girl sitting on an old bed. But it's so creepy too. Like the window's way too high. The the picture's way too high. There's just so much like the back of your neck is just like, this is not good. It is a, it is a room designed to make your tummy hurt. <laughs> well, so if you were... If you were an adult, though, okay, I'm looking at, say, sec, uh, second 21. Okay. The picture is just a little bit higher than the window, and the window, the bottom of the window is about as high as the top of the mirror, which is, you know, a couple feet above the but chair. That's... If you're, like, 5'5", five, 5'10". Five, five, You'd be able to see out of it, know, but that's not the normal height for a window. Look at where it is in relation to the wall. Like, it's way too high up. And then yeah. the picture has think been it, leveled with it. <laughs> I'd almost think it was a basement window, except that when Dorothy looks out of it, we're clearly looking down a ways. Yeah. Almost, almost it's built into the side of a hill. A um, really dramatic hill. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. just think it's... I just think it's meant to be, like, psychologically unsettling. The window is way too high. It's super close to the corner. Which, you know, that happens sometimes just, you know, walls get put in different places as the interior of the house changes. Okay, fine. But that is high. Yeah, a a grown-up could see out that window, but it would be, like, at head height. Windows generally are like full torso almost. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I'm, I'm looking over at my, <laughs> my window here, and yeah, it's below, it starts below doorknob yep. height. So. I glanced over at mine too. Listeners, everyone, look at the nearest window <laughs> and be grateful that hopefully you are listening from a place that isn't designed to be unsettling. <laughs> I mean, it is emphasized, obviously, because she's a child, because she's so small. She's so far below the window when she's sitting on the bed. But I think even an adult, that's not, it's not right. Like, that's not, I don't know. It's weird. little jack-o'-lantern's gonna stay while she goes, I guess. She walks to the door. She does the little leg-kicking thing again, which we all know I love and adore. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really sells the the child aspect. Yeah. I mean, she is so tiny. And then to do that, too, it just really, like... You, you feel so protective of her. And then the rest is all camera work and that squeaky noise, like, digging into your psyche. Um, I, I'm going to ruin your uh, next few rides on the T. Doesn't that sound a little bit like when it's going around Government Center and Boylston? You know, it really does. It'd be Pons Mars in the bowels of the MBTA system. Yeah, those 40s. Yeah, second 44 through 46. That's that's rolling through Arlington. Or... Uh, yeah, it's definitely green line oh, sound. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I. When I first moved up here, I, I lived on the Green Line for the first, like, three, four years I was in Boston. So that's my, like, default, even now. Yeah. I, I only get annoyed when it's like, but you guys knew. Like, it still squeaks leaving Government Center. And I'm like, you guys redid the whole station. You knew it squeaked here. Why did you not, like, slightly change the angle of this curve? So that it didn't deafen everyone standing waiting for the next train. For any confused listeners, if you only found our podcast through the Facebook page, the location there uh, is listed as Franklin, Kansas. Uh, podcast and both of its hosts uh, currently live in the Boston area, uh, not Franklin, Kansas, much to uh, your obvious disappointment. <laughs> You don't think Franklin, Kansas has an underground rapid transit system with its 17 people? <laughs> I'm going to wager no. I am going to be smart and not take that bet because I think you're right. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I hate to say it. I'm already through my notes because so much of this minute is that building tension. Which is fantastic, but doesn't give you a lot to dissect and analyze. I think we do get Pons Mar for a second. Yes, because he's in the background, right? When she opens the door? I believe he's the back uh, 
Gurneyman? That would make sense. Because I know he's... Yeah. I mean, spoiler, we see him in the next minute, so... <laughs> oh. What else? Uh, oh, the... Her room number is 31. Oh, I totally didn't pick up on that. I'm a bad minute-by-minute minute host. <laughs> 31. 31. Just like October, 31... Uh, has 31 days, the 31st being Halloween. What? Uh, we don't, we don't know the date. Now, here's something that I literally just thought of for the first time. Is it weird that this is a Halloween movie that came out in the summer and we discussed how, like, perfectly it fit with coming this summer and all that? Oh. Yeah, it is a Halloween It movie. is. It's set at, ha like, there's jack-o'-lanterns, they're talking about Halloween coming up. Like, this is a Halloween movie, but it's so, in my mind, a summer movie. Because well, once once you get to Oz, you lose connection to the, um, the, the, the Gregorian calendar, <laughs> and, you know, I, I assume Oz, if we don't know anything... Uh, from the movies about Oz calendaring or how many suns there are around Oz. Is Oz on Earth? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Um, I don't believe Oz is on Earth. That's my own personal thing, but I think they don't mention it in the movies, do they? In the books... Um, and I just reread the graphic novel where the action in Oz actually takes place mostly in the land of Ev. Not Oz, they just condensed it for, like, ease. Um, but Oz itself is surrounded by a desert, that, the deadly desert that no one can touch. So, you yes. have to- Oh, that's right, we do, we do have the deadly desert here. It's just not separating kingdoms, it's just all around Oz. Okay. Um, yeah, I've always- just been like, oh, that can't be anywhere here. You have to fly over the desert. Maybe the Deadly Desert is on the land that Lex Luthor built. Bringing it full circle. Kudos, sir. Yeah, maybe that's why it didn't look impressive to us, but it actually was evil. Yeah. And, and we just didn't appreciate it at the time. No, actually, I, I have to stop defending that movie. <sighs> I think I'm good with this minute, if you are. I like that we've managed to loop it back to Lex Luthor. Didn't see that coming, but, you know, kryptonite is generally green, right? And emerald, so it, it fits. Doing the little synergy thing with my hands. <laughs> it it weirdly does. I like it. I think that's a good good point to end on this terrifying, terrifying minute. <laughs> so if you have uh, always wanted to find out more about the podcast, you can always go to returntoozminute.com or Follow us on Twitter at Oz Minute. Same for Facebook. 
And you can look for the Flying Sofa Listeners Society. Yes. Please feel free. That's incredibly wrong. No. Please feel free to join us on the Flying Sofa, which is our listeners group on Facebook. It's a closed group, but, you know, we're just trying to keep the riffraff out. If you're a person, ask, we will let you in. Um, and if you have massive, cool video editing skills and want to make some new Return to Oz trailers, that's the place to post them. Want to take us out? Weog. Tiog. Piog. Piog. Piog.